But a fierce woman can be one of two things. She can be beautiful and encouraging and inspiring to a man to be all that he can be, all that God created him to be, or she can be destructive. She can emasculate him. And that's what I was doing to Leroy for so many years, and I didn't even realize it. Well, that's Kimberly Wagner, and she and her husband, Leroy, return to Focus on the Family today. And your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller. Uh, John, I so loved uh, Kimberly and Leroy's story last time. And, of course, they were here on the broadcast a couple years back, and it ended up being the number one program of the year. So many of you, our listeners, connected with what they were saying. And uh, they were very honest. If you heard uh, the program last time, you heard that honesty, and I am grateful for them being back. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Um, we left at a very awkward moment uh, last time where you were describing that feeling of despair and even contemplating suicide. Your response was, I'm ashamed to even say that I was in that spot. Uh, as a pastor, which you were, um, why the shame? I mean, it's real. It's what you were feeling. Why would you feel shame? Well, I'd been called even before our marriage to preach, and I began pastoring even before I met Kim. And so that was a calling of God upon my life. And now realizing that our marriage created a um, such a problem uh, in uh, being able to genuinely uh, express the gospel, express the claims of Christ, and then we're not living them out in our marriage, that I no longer felt that I could continue uh, to pastor. And so I resigned. And so it was at that state where I thought, I've lost my calling, my ministry, what God created me for. I don't have a handle on marriage, which is the most important relationship of my life. How can I, how can I do anything? How can I be a, a, a father to my children? I'm no good for anything at this point, because at the most basic point of who I am as a person, and my calling to preach and to pastor and being a husband to the one woman that God has placed me with, if I have failed in those respects, then I am a complete failure and there is no hope. And what I didn't know, Jim, is that God wanted me not to be in that place of pain. God loves us and cares for us. But that pain was so necessary that even contemplating and thinking about it would be better if I were not even alive. I can't live anymore like this. It was actually a work of grace. And I didn't realize it at that moment. But God was bringing me to the end of myself, the death of self. Leroy Wagner needed to die. I thought I was a great guy, and I thought I'd be a great husband. I thought I was a, a good follower of Christ. And really, that was a pride issue, which if you'd have known me, you wouldn't have thought that pride was involved. But pride is involved in all of our lives. Mm. And God had to bring me to that painful place. And what I thought was going to be the death of me, our miserable marriage, was the death of me. But it was the proper death, the biblical death, that we need to die in Christ in order that he might resurrect us and bring us uh, the life that he desires for us to have, not what we think we can work out on our own. Wow. Kimberly, I mean, your eyes are full of tears right now. And that's a beautiful thing. But what are you feeling? What are you sensing? So sorry, guys. Well, this is no. This is good. I mean, this you're feeling something. I want to understand it. 
Jim, when I look back at that time, it was such a dark time. And I knew he was in a bad place. We were in a bad place. And I kept thinking, there's got to be an answer. There's got to be a way out. I would cry out to God. But no answers were coming. That had to be a lonely place for you, too. I mean, trying to find an answer, a fierce woman, and trying I to save it. Right, and I wouldn't talk to anyone about it because he's my pastor. Mm. I'm not going to speak against my pastor. Even after he stepped down from pastoring, uh, I just I didn't want others to think negatively of my husband, even though... I, at times, he was repulsing me. He was, we were living almost like enemies, but I didn't want others to think badly of him. So I didn't reach out for help. I didn't turn to others at first. What I'm concerned about are women who are in the same place I was. Women in the church, pastor's wives, who are dying inside, and they have no one to talk to. And They're crying out to God, but they're not seeing their prayers answered. Mm. I am so thankful, though, that God did eventually answer those prayers. Why do you think it took longer than what you were hoping for? I think that was needed, for one thing. It was needed to bring us both to such a place of brokenness. Mm -hmm. We were both operating in pride for so long. We were pointing the finger at the other person saying it's all their fault. If he would just change, if Leroy would just do this, or if he would just be this way, or if he would meet me here at this point of need. So I was completely pointing my finger at him, and it took God bringing me to a place of brokenness and humility. Um, To better define this, you talked in the book, uh, Men Who Love Fierce Women, about three destructive heart issues. I'd like to unpack that. What were the three destructive heart issues that you were encountering so that those that are listening can say, yeah, I've got two of those working in my heart right now. And then the antidote for that, what God was speaking to you. Never underestimate, as I did, the power of your own self-deception. Wow. I thought I was uh, going to be a great husband, and I thought I was a great guy, and you know, lover of Jesus, and so that was part of of what was so hard for me to understand. Why wouldn't she love me? Why couldn't I be a good husband? And uh, uh, really, uh, there are three things that God dealt with me that was at the heart of my uh, problems, and that was first of all fear. God dealt with me that uh, that I had operated long before I met Kim, really on a basis of fear, that that was a lot of what motivated me in my Christian experience, uh, that uh, I was uh, fearful of letting others down. I was fearful of not uh, living up to the expectations and standards of, of what I believe was expected of me. And I had a fearful heart. Mm-hmm. I, I'm by nature kind of a timid person, and I'm a, an introvert. And uh, But instead of uh, operating on a basis uh, of love, Uh, My Christian experience was, and I think a lot of people, uh, they operate on a basis of fear, and that entered in, carried over into our marriage, that that was the reason why that every time Kim addressed something or made a comment, that uh, uh, it struck 
to the heart, well, I'm never good enough. I knew that that was right. I was afraid that that's what she would think of me. And uh, she didn't know that that own inner struggle was going on in my heart. But the enemy kept attacking at that weak point, at that weak point. And perfect love casts out fear. And God spoke to me very, very clearly through his words, son, this is an issue that I had to bring you to this very painful point to show you Mm. what was deep within your heart that you didn't even know was there. But it takes a willingness to fight through this darkness and to say, okay, I'm gonna, I want to do it better. And uh, I hope that's what we're accomplishing for you today. We're talking with Leroy and Kimberly Wagner. They've written a wonderful resource, Men Who Love Fierce Women. And uh, we would encourage you to get a copy of this today. If you're living in that spot where your marriage is under cloud, Maybe nobody else knows it, not your pastor, not your friends, maybe not even your family. Um, This is a resource that you can uh, use to strengthen your marriage in the name of Christ. Kimberly, I want to swing back to you um, because one of the things you mentioned in the book that you were so desperate to get from Leroy and your relationship with Leroy was leadership. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, saying that, I... There goes the car right off the road. Some woman is saying, leadership, I don't need leadership from my husband. We're equal in, the, you know, in this modern day. I'm not going to be led by him. Yeah. I want to be a partner of his, but to be led by him? Come on, Kimberly. That's so ancient. And we are created equal. God values the man and the woman equally. Amen. He created us uh, with the same worth and value, but different functions. And, and it works best God's way, and he did create the man to be the leader. But it's hard to do as a woman, isn't it, in this modern world to bend? What does that look like where it's healthy? And what does it look like when it's unhealthy? Yeah, and let me just say unhealthy first, that a woman who, if you're right now going through an abusive situation, that is not biblical submission. That is not God-honoring. And please reach out to your church leadership or to civil authorities because you do not need to be in a place where you're under physical oppression or in a dangerous place at all. Mm. Um, But that wasn't the case with us or with a lot of marriages. A lot of women, we don't want to follow our husband's leadership unless he's leading the way we want to go. So how do you how do you define what I would suggest is a lack of respect, perhaps, that you don't yes. respect your husband a lack because of respect. he's not doing the things the way you would do them. And the way you feel like is best. How did yeah. you grapple with that? How did you come to the Lord and say, okay, maybe I've got a problem here, Lord, help me see it. How did yeah. that uh, work through your life? We've heard Leroy's gripping tale. Mm-hmm. Where were you in this moment? You know, I went away to a cabin because I just was done. Nobody knew that's why I was going to the cabin. But I was just like, I am not going to stay in this marriage any longer this way. God, if you are able to change us, I've got to have you step in and move and work. And in that cabin, God was so gracious. He took me through scripture. I wasn't there looking for an answer for me to change. I just wanted God to do something. And when he brought me to that Titus chapter 2 passage, it's a lot of times we talk about the biblical womanhood passage. You know, it says that these are all of the things that older women are to teach younger women. 
to love their husbands, to love their children, to be pure. There's a long list there. But it starts out with love their husbands, that older women are to train younger women to love their husbands. That was a Hmm. light bulb moment. Oh, that doesn't come naturally. I need to be trained in that. But at the end of it was really where God pricked my heart. We're to be loving our husbands so that, verse 5 says, the word of God will not be blasphemed. Mm. Blasphemed. And it suddenly, God graciously opened my eyes to the fact that by me resisting Leroy, disrespecting Leroy, demeaning him, emasculating him, I was not bringing glory to God. I was, in fact, claiming to be a believer, claiming that the power of the gospel had transformed me, and yet I was blaspheming God's word. I was not loving my husband. I was not honoring him. And God was so gracious to bring me to a place of brokenness and humility where I began writing out everything, not that Leroy was doing wrong, but that God was showing me how I had been disrespectful, how I, no wonder he didn't want to lead me. I wasn't leadable. Mm. Um, I wrote all of that out, and I asked to meet with him, and I asked his forgiveness for that. I asked him to read through all of that first. And then we met with our children as well, and I asked their forgiveness because I had so disrespected their father in front of them, my husband. And Kimberly, what's good about this, you you talked a moment ago, Leroy, about fear and ingratitude. Really, the third destructive heart issue is pride. Yes. And I'm hearing that in what you're oh, saying, yes. Kimberly. This is the the pride aspect of it. I was operating in such pride. Yeah. And God was gracious mm. to bring that humility, to open my eyes to all of the ways that I had harmed him. And I believe that was answer to prayer. You know, we talked about Leroy and I were crying out to God and we weren't seeing him move and work. But he did. In his timing, he he stepped in. He was. He stepped in. He spoke to Leroy. He spoke to me. And it really took it. What was necessary was humility and the willingness to stop blaming the other person and say, I need to ask you to forgive me. Kimberly, the difficulty in that, and I want to speak to that wife who is struggling. She's still on this wall. And I paint this picture to help all of us see it better. When you're on the prideful side of the wall and you are pointing the finger saying, if he would do this, if he would do that, it's just, but that wall is 20 foot high. You can't get over it. And I'm sure some women right now are saying, how do I get to that better place on the other side of that prideful wall, that humility side? When I'm not feeling it, Kimberly, come on. He was disappointing you, let's be honest. There were things he was not doing that really frustrated you. And for that woman who's stuck in that place, how does she get to the other side? Ask God, ask God to give you compassion and kindness and care for that husband that you're so mad at right now. Ask God to change your heart. Colossians chapter 3, start with verse 12, walk through to about verse 18 or 19, and ask God to do those works in your heart. Ask yourself, has God forgiven you? Have you lived perfectly? So it starts in your own heart. Yes. Mm. 
And marriage is a grace factory because what God desires for us to be as husbands and wives, we cannot do it on our own. Even in our best efforts, our best intentions, our Christianized formulas that we have, we cannot do what God has called us to do on our own strength, on our own wisdom, in our own righteousness. And that's really what was going on in our... We thought that we could because we knew all the biblical answers. We taught the Bible and all of this, but she could not be submissive in a biblical way that honored God on her own until God broke her to the place Mm -hmm. where the Spirit just began to do a transforming work. I could not be the leader of this fierce woman that God intended for me to be until God did a breaking, crushing work in my own heart to show me that really I was prideful at the heart. Mm. And as you describe the... um the brokenness that you both encountered, what were the next steps like for you? I mean, did you have to let go? How how did you start asserting your leadership, and how did you start following that leadership in a way that I'm sure it was messy as you began? Well, when she first laid out to me all that God had revealed to her, what was going on in her own heart, I was so uh, emotionally uh, spent and did not want to enter into something that might look hopeful and promising only to be dashed again. And so my response was basically just stone cold. So I would say to couples who begin this process, again, cry out to God, trust God, but trust in God's goodness and his good intentions for your marriage, but don't put expectations on your spouse or a timetable where they must respond and react in a certain way. Let God do his work in his perfect timing and way. Because, John, God hadn't yet dealt with Leroy's heart. Mm. It took first me coming to him and asking forgiveness, and then it was about two years of him watching me. Oh, wow to see if God really had done that work of transformation. And that's why I'm encouraging women to dig into Colossians 3, because I started asking God to do those works in my heart of humility, of forgiveness, of kindness that needed to be done. Mm -hmm. And as he watched that, and he went away to, to a cabin, and that's where God opened his eyes about the issue of fear, and I was afraid really, to come out of my cave. You were. And, and, and I you don't had presented you. <laughs> a safe place in those two years by your response to the work of grace in your heart. I begin to sense that it was safe to come out now, yeah. safe to wow. expose to you what I didn't even know myself, and now God was revealing to me. And it's only when you get it, that very core of brokenness and self-exposure, where you can really begin to build a unity and a oneness that God desires. And the first real step of leadership that he took that made the most significant change in our relationship was he responded to a request I'd asked years before if he would pray with me daily. Here he'd been a pastor, would pray with other people, would lead in prayer publicly, but he would not pray with so me. So it wasn't a big, big deal, It, but it was. It was. It made it's such a, a small... significant change, hmm. and he still 
He prays with me daily, never lets a day go by, but many times throughout the day, often. I'm and amazed at how hard it is for men to do that with their seeming so insignificant and small, but it is really a huge yeah. step. There's especially a spiritual, consistently. Especially consistently. There's a spiritual covering. You take that mantle of leadership in such, it seems like such a humble way, but the woman feels secure that her man is lifting her up to God, that there's a spiritual protection and covering. There's something that happens in the heavenlies. It's almost mystical. I'm not a mystic, but there's something powerful when a man begins to pray mm-hmm. for his treasure, his wife. Wow. That's beautifully said. And, and unfortunately, we have to end. But what a great place to end. Pray together. That's one of the core things you can do. I can feel the Lord using our conversation I pray. I pray. to touch people's hearts right now and hopefully to provide them a different way of approaching their marriage. And in a way, going back to your point, Kimberly, how it honors God when we live it well and hopefully not bringing dishonor to him. As we close out, uh, Leroy, I want to quickly cover an acronym you used, protection, and how each letter of that word gives a couple the ability to think differently about their relationship. For example, the P in protection is pray. What do R and the other letters stand for? Well, run to the cross, and that's what I had to do, and that's where the Lord wanted to bring me, to a death of self, Uh in order that I might find that resurrection, not only that I needed in my own heart, putting to death self, but also a resurrection of our marriage. And then open your mouth. Oh, open your mouth. Talk to her, even though it may be very, very difficult because she is so strong and difficult to talk to and it's not gone well previously. You have got to begin the process of you opening your mouth and talking to her. Mm-hmm. And so there will need to be much prayer uh, and intentionality and forethought going into that of how you will speak to her in humility, but in strength and have a biblical back ground to your thoughts already formulated. So pray, run to the cross, open your mouth to her. And then that leads to tenderly lead, that we are called to lead, not in a dictatorial, authoritarian way, but in a humble, Christ-like way called to shepherd. That's what a husband is called to do in the way that Christ has. And we're to model, read the Gospels and see how Christ dealt with the disciples, which then became the leaders of the church, the bride, and find in there the model of how to tenderly lead. And then, Jim, you need to enter her world. You need to understand as a husband, uh, although uh, no one can understand a woman as far as, uh, you know, the only three ways to understand a woman. Nobody knows any of them. But uh, the Lord understands. He made this woman that he gave you. And so in pray and ask the Lord to help you to understand what she's feeling. So many times the Spirit has just nudged me and says she needs a hug. Well, and I think he created that mystery for a purpose. Absolutely. And that we can rely, must rely on him and not be self-reliant, which leads to pride mm. and self-righteousness, which God hates. What are the others? Quickly. All right. Uh, tenderly lead, enter her world, cherish her. She is a treasure. You value what you love. And you love what you hold as the highest value. Cherish your woman and then take responsibility. You are the man. Don't uh, leave it to someone else or don't just put it off on her. You need to take responsibility for your actions as a husband. And then intimate connections. Find ways to connect with her soul, to draw her in 
to oneness and intimacy and unity. You are called to lead in that area of intimate uh, connections. Uh, Open your heart. That's going to be hard for a lot of men, Jim, to be transparent. But I think that that's important. And then I want to stress this. Never, never, never give up. Uh, If you're out there and you're thinking, well, I'm just not going to be able to to do this. This is not going to work. We would have missed out on so much. Mm -hmm. God has future grace that you cannot imagine. No matter how difficult it is, don't give up. Uh, Leroy and Kimberly, powerful two days. Many people are going to respond. Many people will be helped. Thank you for being with us. Thank Thank you you. so much. Appreciate focus on the family and the ministry to many, many. We love you guys. Well, thank you. Our program was provided by Focus on the Family. And on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening. I'm John Fuller. The Wagners have an incredible testimony of the power of our living God. Their marriage was in a desperate place, but once they surrendered themselves to God, they saw gradual and lasting change. I hope you've been encouraged today. And if you'd like to get in touch with our counseling team, please do so. They would count it a privilege to speak with you if you're struggling in your marriage. Call 031-716-3300 or log on to safamily.co.za and click the counseling link. The book co-authored by Leroy and Kimberly, Men Who Love Fierce Women, is available from Focus. In it, the Wagners equip men to rise up, handle conflict, love their wife, and lead their marriage, regardless of who has the stronger personality. You can get your copy when you call us on 031-716-3300 or at our website, safamily.co.za. We're airing our best of the best programs from last year, and we've created a top 50 broadcast channel on our Focus on the Family Africa app. So I really encourage you to download the app today. I'm Graham Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, inviting you back next time when we'll, as always, help you and your family thrive in Christ.